Oh, Charles, end, oh, end David. Of the week. End of the week. I, I just saw one of our good friends, Carl Murray, uh, walking through the halls. That's always nice to have a guest at the end of the week. Yes. Uh, and uh, so much fun. We got Matt with us. Welcome to the new why, setup. Why? Yes, why have we? Nice. Uh, oh, and look, there's JM. He's 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 in a good mood. <laughs> I'm sure it's super relevant <laughs> to all smile. all that's listening to us. You know. Uh, he's no. Okay, wait. Are we? No. Okay. Yeah, we're cutting this part out, right? What? Yes. No. Okay. We're keeping. It. Okay. Let's get let's get going. Matt, why are we talking today? Ignore JM. <laughs> oh God. Uh, that should be filmed. Yeah, yeah. I agree. The camera's not pointing in the right no, direction. Exactly. That's that's the issue. Uh, right here. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. So here we are. Hey, everybody. It's the All end right. of the week. Yes, and yes. Very exciting uh, to have you here with us, Matt. Uh, end of the month. Thanks for having me. Uh, uh, or beginning of a new month. I, sh- I get the dates wrong sometimes. But uh, I, I'm all confused because it was a leap, leap year. It's a leap year. And yesterday was a leap day. So what are we talking about today? I, I was just in a meeting. So when to initiate... A digital transformation roadmap, or what should be the yeah, the triggers, or when you should be considering of maybe um, analyzing and figuring out if the, the the current ecosystem of application is correct for your business. Okay, yeah. So tell what is digital roadmap transformation? Digital transformation, transformation roadmap. <laughs> yeah. So a digital transformation roadmap is you know a bit what David alluded, alluded to is when you you take a step back. And you look at all your business applications, and then from there you identify, well, what are the business applications that I need to run my business efficiently, and how should I be deploying these over time, and how should I be adjusting these to fit with new business requirements as we go uh, further. So if I, if, just to contrast this so everyone can think about it, uh, I'm Company X, I distribute widgets, uh, and over time, as, as, as life has, has, has gone on, what I've done is I've added pieces of software to solve problems for mm-hmm. me, right? I have, uh, let's say I have QuickBooks Accounting, uh, and, and that's about it. Maybe I buy a, a shipping system to help ship me station. label. Ship station, exactly, yeah. to help me label my packages and send them out. Um, and then at some point, the accounting gets too complicated. I get convinced into... Uh, getting an ERP and uh, that's a very frustrating experience that I hate uh, uh, I think it's like uh, 80% of people who ever implement an ERP regret implementing the ERP even though it is a necessary beast but it's such a painful process it's it's scarring uh, not when you do it Matt but I, uh, that's the general experience and then oh do I need I need. I have a problem in this part of my business, so I go out and I find software to to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. And I and it soon enough looks like barnacles on a ship, right? I've collected this this kaleidoscope, not even an ecosystem, like this wild hodgepodge, yeah, mm-hmm. hodgepodge kaleidoscope of solutions. And the question is, I could keep going like that. When should I start stop what I'm doing? Take a step back and say, I need to completely, in one master plan, re- redefine what my 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 digital 
uh, platform should look like, right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, there could be a different times or could be different reasons for it. I think one of the first things that you talked about was I've been creating all these additional applications to kind of bridge all these smaller gaps I have. And that, that causes two things. So it leads you to a place where, first of all, you potentially don't have the right feature set in the right business solution. So you're under utilizing a, a, a solution that you might already have in your application part, or you're trying to recreate the wheel when someone thing already exists that's easy to integrate to it. The second thing that might happen as you're building all these little apps and pieces together or additional functionality is you get to a point and everyone's always telling you, I, 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 don't, I don't know where my source of truth is for my inventory levels. I don't know where I should be entering data and how it should propagate. I, I can't trust the system or systems that I'm using because the information is so spread out over all the different applications that I have. And because that everyone starts working off spreadsheets, you see it building their little uh, Excel tools and just kind of not having a, uh, a, a holistic view of their operation. And at that point, when you hear that a lot of, I have these Excel files that I keep using, I don't know where my master of truth is, and I don't, I can't feel like I continue to grow that's when you should take a step back, or that's one time that you should take a step back and say, all right, what do I need to run my business and what business solutions are actually available for me to do so? Well, when you talk about the, the, um, the, source, of, the source of truth, is it possible also that because you've added these extensions of software, that there's a, also an overlap in functionality? So software, the original software, my QuickBooks does ABC, then I need D, it's not there, so I buy this other software, but it also does some of the things QuickBooks can be doing. So now I have two softwares that could do the same thing, and then if it's poorly implemented, I do some of it in one software, I do some of it in the other software, and that's where the disconnect starts happening. 100%, and we see that a lot with uh, inventory availability, right? Yeah. So some people are gonna do it in the ERP, other people might have bought this kind of small one-off inventory management system because they're mad at how the ERP is asking them to manage inventory, and then other people might not even be looking at that and by using like a Google spreadsheet and manually update it. So that is the symptom that you've outgrown your business or you have outgrown your tools and you need to take a step back. What about the issue of, uh, just the practical issue of vendor management? Um, if I have this, the, the, you know, this, this wide array of solutions that I've purchased over time to, in each and every instance, solve some immediate problem with no thought to a, 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 a holistic approach to my digital platform, what about the, the practical issues of vendor management upgrades uh, constantly having to sew pieces back together? Uh, sometimes software companies get acquired and then they sunset one application. And it, 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 is that an issue that you find your clients struggling with as well? Certainly. So what to, what typically happens is, as you said, as you kind of piecemeal it, you're going to have these different groups that are going to buy different software from different vendors, not necessarily thinking about, oh, well, how is that going to be to manage them going forward? And then next thing you know, then you're dealing with, you know, five, six different types of support and don't really know who to reach out to or how to even integrate these different software. So it becomes very challenging to maintain those. And then what you also have to do is you have to maintain the different upgrade cycles and how those are going to be affecting each other. So think that if you have, you know, eight, nine, ten different applications and they're all in different update cycles, then you need to do regression testing on each one of your, your applications every time there's an upgrade, which makes it very, very tedious. 
if you had a bit of more of a holistic approach and you're able to take 10 software, bring it back into three to four different business solutions, then you're reducing that headache and you're reducing the integrations and the regression testing that goes with it. And it's funny, sometimes that, that mandate will come from a board of directors, right? Mm -hmm. Who will say, uh, Mr. Mr. or Mrs. CIO, uh, or CTO, whatever, whichever they, the fancy title is, uh, your mandate is reduce the vendor portfolio from 11 to five vendors. Yeah, exactly. And that's probably the, the most often that's the case. And you know, sometimes you're going to hear, oh, we've built this Frankenstein of a software application park and we're you know integrating a bunch of different solutions and we're replicating a bunch of work in a bunch of different places. And, you know... Uh, now, nowadays, with uh, software as a service, where your software actually gets upgraded much more frequently than it used to, this is less of a problem than mm -hmm. it used to be. But back then, with legacy software, especially people that don't necessarily upgrade them or maintain them, they just kind of implement and forget. Well, what tends to happen is that um, you, you get to a point where every software gets outdated independently and you need to kind of all replace one and replace the other, replace one, replace the other. And you're continuously trying to update your application park, never thinking through, wait a minute, should I be doing this in a more strategic way and making sure I'm not just replacing one software, but I'm understanding what is the subset of features that should be replaced and, and brought into a more traditional, modern, uh, full-featured solution. But that would be, we could say, the, the main objective of doing that roadmap, right? Yep. To, def to, to define exactly what, what you've, uh, you've described. Yeah, exactly. Well, it is the objective of the roadmap is not only to define what you need, but how you should go about implementing it, right? So as you, you think through, I have these 11 different vendors and we want to bring it back to five, odds are you won't be necessarily able to say, I'm going to remove these five different applications and just replace them by one or two. It's also understanding, well, what are the dependencies between these solutions and which ones you need to decommission and replace in what order to make sure that first of all, you're managing change management, but also you're managing the dependency of the data that's exchanged between it's these solutions. So let's pretend that, because well, I know there's a couple of other major reasons that you should think of a digital transformation roadmap. Let's, let's now envision now the company does have a hodgepodge, but mm -hmm. they're happy with it. They do have uh, probably too many vendors in that portfolio, but they're wonderful vendors and they're happy. Okay. Yeah. What are some of the natural, organic, called growth-driven reasons that you, despite joy and happiness with your solution, need to take a step back and look at the whole thing? So, you know, even though you might be happy with all your different suppliers, it, it might get to a point where you've purchased certain types of solutions where the even the partner network is either aging or depleting. And even though you're very happy with the relationship you have, the risk to your business of being able to quickly um, solve for some challenges related to those solutions outweighs the cost uh, of actually replacing them because you're only dependent on one, two, three different uh, people that know that technology, right? So as you're... It, it just, you have to, that's a really interesting point. Um, so just give us a, 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 what do you mean? The, so the support is aging. So so let, let's take an example. Uh, 20 years back, everyone would build their ERP, right? Yep. Uh, it was this thing where I'm, I'm a niche player. 
I produce something that is, that is very different from everyone else. I need to have a vendor that's going to be very specific in a certain area. And that company got created out of Dorval. And they were 20 people way back then when they created their IP. And next thing you know, they're all kind of retiring as they go along. And you love it. It works perfect for you. It's tailored for you. But unfortunately, as you see the size of the company decrease because they're using a technology that is unfortunately outdated, no one knew is learning these technologies. And even if you have the best relationship with that vendor, it's going to take come a point in time where they're just going to retire and not going to be able to support you. Or if something happens, you don't have another partner that you could go on uh, with. So the not only the solution, but the type of underlying technology also cycles through. That's so important for everyone to think about, right? And I know a lot of IT people will implicit or will naturally understand it from everyone else. I think that they don't. I mean, there is a reason why software depreciates in three years, not in 10, like equipment, uh, and not 30, like a building. It, it inherently has a perishability to it mm -hmm. that is much shorter shelf life than everything else. And your point is, uh, if you built a software application on an underlying technology that itself is getting sunset, even if the technology works perfectly, the point is there will not be a rejuvenation of, um, of human resources to keep that technology alive. And therefore, uh, as, as, as people retire in, in, and move to Florida, um, your ability to find people who will even support that software disappears. Yep. Like my first project ever, I received data from a, an ERP uh, that stored, archived its transactional data on tape. The first project I ever got was a tape. That was the data. It was it, it was FedEx to tape. That's a testament to your experience. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the format of the data was in Ipsitic. I haven't even heard of that. Exactly. No, exactly. I couldn't even support you at this. But point. imagine it's a type of it's a type of data that you store. I think I've already told this story on another in, uh, podcast. Yeah. Where it's how you store because the data only has so much room on a tape to store data, so it's how you store numbers. Hmm. Anyway, you had to do the, all this thing to explode it out to be real numbers. Um, but but you think about that, right? There is no one left who could, like, I, I don't, I just know how to say Ipsitic. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't even know what it means anymore. Um, I un theoretically know what its function was. So uh, that's a real risk in your, in your software. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And even what it's hosted on. So you're talking about the underlying technology, but then it comes to all the hosting of that software. So older software, which is actually host internally, either you don't have a need for internal IT anymore, you offload it, there's less than a resource that are actually managing internal IT for clients. So even your risk of managing not only the underlying code, the application, but the infrastructure around it becomes uh, a potential challenge, yep. especially as you migrate to these software as a service. And then on the flip side of that, well, what's what's also happening is, well, as people have been migrating to software as a surface, and there's a lot of tools available, I mean, there's how many inventory management tools are there? More than you could probably think of. What's happening is that there's so many of them that, to your point, people, whenever they need to address an issue, they say, oh, let's get off a spreadsheet. This tool works for us. They're not going to actually go through, take a step back, and find something that is going to fit long term. So yes, now we don't have the problem saying the technology is deprecated, but quickly we get to the end of the usable functionality set of these quick uh, software that we could just kind of implement in, in, in a very short period of time. And then we're back and making a decision on well, what do we get, what do we get? 
we get back to this place having multiple vendors and need to take a step back. I would say probably, you know, every five to 10 years, a company should say, okay, where are we? Where's our actual long time plan or, you know, five year plan in, in understanding our technology? One needs to be deprecated and one needs to be replaced. And we have the, um, you know, we have the reflex to do it with computers, for example, like even as I lit, every three years, we know when a computer gets three years old, we got to change it. It's a physical good. No one has ever replaced my computer <laughs> in three years. My computer's seven years old. Well, but, uh, but well, yeah. everyone else gets that. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone else Not gets me. that. Yeah, and then we give Emil the very sturdy one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're supposed to go to you. Finally, they go to me because I have control over it. But, uh, but, but it's, it's funny because if it's a material good, right, if you look at a forklift or if you look at a rack or you look at all these physical infrastructure, you're going to have the reflex to look at it and say, eh. You can see it's damaged. Yeah, you can see it's damaged. You can see it's aging. So it's easy to have a reflex that I think we need to take care of it. Software, unfortunately, since it's not something that is uh, apparent, right, and you're so used to it all the time, like, eh, if it works, it works. But there is a risk, and that's why it depreciates that at some some point in time, it's just no longer going to work. All right. So the, the last one, I think, unless I'm forgetting, because Jeremy no longer provides us with notes to guide our conversation. But we all know if he did, he would make the font too it's small. Because to <laughs> you've complained about it too many times. Uh, well, that's why I had my phone now. Uh, yeah, but then... Yeah, I know, I know, it locked. The I think that at least one other one that needs to be addressed is when two companies come together in commercial matrimony via a merger or an acquisition, Right. So uh, I mean, we, we're dealing with this with some of your clients mm-hmm. right now. This is a routine part of our world. You take company A, company A acquires company B and or merges with company B, and they both show up. Um, anyone who loves uh, 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 early American uh, modern music, Charles Ives, mar- two marching bands meeting at an intersection, uh, and it, it's a musical piece where played by two marching bands who who are playing independently and then they 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 crash into this cacophonous horrible sound and then they just but like so you got to bring the two companies in and they could be the same industry same city like identical businesses that are merging but they come with two radically different software footprints mm-hmm. and yeah and well, I don't know if you're talking about, we're all thinking about the same example, but... The, I don't know which one. In the Northeast, which is in, not on the ERP side, but on the warehouse management side. I what, wasn't thinking of that at yeah. all, but... Okay, but when there's an acquisition it where... Applicable. It's, it's applicable. Yeah. I was thinking of some folks in Ontario. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Because, uh, I, and the one I'm thinking is that the two software, both businesses actually are running good software it's not they're not deprecated they're not all they're not insufficient both are actually good but there might be the desire the over uh, arching desire of unifying it even though they're independent in, interesting in, actually yeah. in your example i don't agree only in the sense it, not because you're wrong i not just i just what, what i mean is i know we know i know enough about one of that one of those two systems where uh, if you think of people aging out of support, that is a real risk for mm-hmm. that company. F- fair, but that, yes, I, you're right, but it, 
in this specific example, that company is also the one that is, let's say, the bigger, the one that's coming and that's saying, well, I have something that works. So it might be very challenging for the other company that has something more recent that say, well, what I have works as well. So in, in terms of I, triggering, I, 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 triggering a digi- uh, uh, an analysis and a roadmap that can, yeah, you know, words it, colliding. It, it definitely can trigger and it probably warrants uh, a digital transformation roadmap. Just to understand where the trade-offs between well, having the, these different systems, the cost, but also the flexibility that each each company has gained with the system. So, uh, I mean, if we think of other examples where the the parent company is, is acquiring um, uh, company B, or company and coming yeah, a parent it, company of another. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, these these parent companies tend to have very very rigid solutions. To, because they're they're much larger and they're much more mature in their way of operating. If you acquire a smaller company, you can't necessarily just assume that it's going to be able to roll up in your infrastructure. Because maybe one reason why they are making profit and why they are able to get a part of the market is because of their te- technology stack. So we're seeing that sometimes the parent company doesn't necessarily say, "Okay, you have to move to what we do." You just need to be able to consolidate up correctly in a frequency that makes sense. So sometimes when we think of digital transformation, it's not change your software, it's ensure that we have the right integrations between the different companies and we can also think help think through those strategies. We'll see. I mean it is it is to David's point, you would and well you said it too. Like the default mm-hmm. and I think it's fair to say the default yeah. position is all right. I'm going to run them as two separate systems for now, but I really don't want the junior partner to be spending any more money on their system. Mm-hmm. And I want to start coming up with a migration plan to bring you onto my technology, yeah. which is only normal. Mm-hmm. All my accounting team knows this software. All my you know logistics team knows. So it's only normal. I, I, I guess one of the places I'm seeing yeah. that that doesn't always apply yeah. is if you think of in the Microsoft space, there's yeah. the business central, which is yeah. the SMB, and there's a finance and operations, yes. right? And I feel like because the compatibility of these different tools and also just the knowledge, um, the ease of knowledge between going back and forth, I'm seeing some companies tell the, 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 the sister company or the smaller companies, you can actually stay on business central because they're your license cost and everything like that and just roll that up. So. What you're saying is very, very true, mm-hmm. but depending on if you're sharing the same vendor, then it's an easier case to say, let me keep my more flexible platform, understanding we're on the same vendor. Well, that's fascinating. Um, it is the end of the week, and mm-hmm. I don't really want to end my week talking about this. No? Uh, no, I want to get <laughs> on to more pleasant uh, topics, but you no, know, I'm, I'm just kidding. It's really, no, it's a really interesting thing, and and and... I know we started earlier this week. We were we were all kicking around this this topic, and 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 it's easy to say, well, now let's get into what a, a, mm-hmm. a digital roadmap really means, and I think we'll get that in the next uh, in the next podcast. I think it's really important to lay that groundwork and give people some of the ideas of why they should be thinking about this, especially the people who are not in IT. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah. thank you, Matt. Welcome. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Matt. Have a good weekend. Happy end of the week, everyone. Ciao.